You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. You look like you drink ethically sourced coffee. Give me your glasses, honey. Oh my God. I can't see it. Nothing. <laughs> She just <laughs> threw her glasses to you, and like three feet short, fully thought. Oh my god! It's like looking through. It's, it's like, like you have through a, the Lucifer project. It's like you have the bottom of a Coke bottle on one eye and the side of a Coke bottle on the other. What like, does it look like? Like I'm looking through a telescope, only it's like backwards, blurry. <laughs> Kind of hurts my eyes. Look at Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could be teaching in a, a university somewhere. Yeah, he's like teaching. <laughs> he rubs his eyes. He's teaching. Yeah, he rubs his <laughs> eyes like he was just hurt. Um, Do you? Yeah. Jasmine. Well, you don't need that bad of glasses, though. Joe and Heidi are wearing matching Carhartt beanies <clears throat> today. Yeah. Really cute. Christmas gifts. Yeah. From each other? No. No. I had like all these Carhartt hats that I went around and wrote woke on it when yeah, they when it became like a an affirming company a yeah woke affirming company. Speaking of woke, we went to this restaurant in Madison and I had a meltdown on the phone to Heidi because this girl she's on a date with another girl. Did I tell? Did you tell Joe? No, no, she doesn't <laughs> tell me anything. Joe, I through word of mouth. Listen, I accidentally took mom and dad to a gay restaurant. Oh, did you? And we didn't know until we got there. Oh. <clears throat> we pulled up and there was rainbow, rainbow Christmas trees all around it. And yeah. I was like, maybe they're just into rainbows. So we get there and I'm like going through hoops to figure out how to explain this. <laughs> like, it's really hard to find a gluten-free restaurant in general. And then like that one was, had like the highest reviews and they had cheese curds. Anyway, we walk in, there's like nobody there except for one other table and it's two girls on a date. Everywhere you look, there was rainbows. I literally had to FaceTime Heidi. The silverware was rainbow. Really? Yes. Everything. The ceiling, even like they had a bar and the bottles of liquor were arranged by color. They had to spend so, so much, much time money. and money. And <clears throat> so these two girls are on a date. And this girl, like, I am not liberal by any means. I just went to a secular university. So, like, I can play the part if I need to. <laughs> if I needed to or wanted to, I could. Right? And start, Whoop. you know... Talking about people's Don't mind privilege. Me just ripping the lid off that LaCroix water. <laughs> and this girl, I'm listening to her, and she's already like identifying as some sort of letter. Mm -hmm. And she's she just wants so badly to be oppressed. She was like, Yeah, I grew up like really poor, like really poor. So, like, I'm kind of bouncing back from that now. And she's like, for example, I'm just going to tell you what it was. And I want to hear your reaction. My poverty meal was my mom would go to the farmer's market and get tomatoes. 
And then like during the summer I was home alone and I would use that and like use onions and like some herbs and I would make like tomato soup and then I would make grilled cheese sandwiches. And that's like, even now that's like my go-to poverty meal. Jeez. <laughs> like I could see if you like were growing the stuff yourself, like I, you grew up in poverty. Was crawling out of my skin and like just loud enough that it was uncomfortable for everyone. I said to mom and dad, I was like, can you imagine the level of privilege that someone has to not recognize that there's people of color in the world? For example, people that migrated here and they eat rice and beans, beans and rice. That's a poverty meal, Mm -hmm. not your upper middle class white mother went to the farmer's market on a Saturday and got fresh tomatoes for you to make your quote poverty meal. Imagine wanting to be that oppressed that you're searching all the time to, Mm. to define yourself as oppressed by any means possible. And then they got a to go box and left. When, when you get into like gender identity crisis or any identity crisis, um, it gets it gets it unravels really quick. You know what I mean? Like I went through stuff like in high school where, you know, and even before that in middle school where even even being a popular kid, I never felt like I fit in. Mm-hmm. Right. So I bounced from one group to the next, which now is great because I have a lot of people all over the place. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I bounced around too. I told Joe this quote. Really? Yeah. I was a floater. I didn't have like a set group, but that's why I have like, now they're acquaintances. I don't know yeah. them well anymore, but if I run into people, you never know if they were like on the cross country team or if they were like doing shrooms in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it could, it was the f- full gamut. But I saw a quote this week that was so funny. I sent it to Joe and it was punk rock people, like punk people are me- are nice people trying to pretend to be mean. And hippies are mean people that are trying to pretend to be nice. Yeah. Isn't punk, that the truest truth? Like when I was like up to my neck in punk rock stuff, those are the most genuinely nice people. Literally. Like we met people from the sea squat new york like live in the sewers like these guys had that's the ninja turtles these guys yeah <laughs> these guys the this guy had like um wrenches How do you live in a sewer? weaved into his dreadlocks oh there's power in the sewers in new york like you can live there like there's did you subcultures. not watch super mario brothers the movie <laughs> no but there's there's subcultures you know there's like tons of abandoned subway tunnels and all kinds of stuff but they were very loyal to each other. And in that culture, at least in the, the areas I was in, mm-hmm. when it came to like graffiti, you never touched a mom and pops or a house. So if it was a local small business, you wouldn't paint on their back wall. Just if it was like a Macy's. Yeah, if you, you, if you, if you were going to do some sort of, you know, anarchist like criminal corporate. destruction of property, you went after big, yeah, big corporate or government. And they it's didn't steal. Establishmentarianism. They didn't steal from homes or mom and pops either. They'd they'd go for a Target or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's very different. Whereas my hippie friends, 
they were generally mean. Like if you didn't come into line with their their gospel, whatever they were preaching, like they were really quick to take you out or get rid of, get rid of you. Mm-hmm. Very exclusive, gatekeepy type people. Super in opinionated. Um, in like, and we're not talking about crunchy people. Mm. What are crunchy? Like people that do natural things necessarily. No, no, not. No, I'm talking like people that um, take a political stance. Mm-hmm. You know, like this last, um, not this last election, but the election before. I have like quote unquote hippie friends that they went completely off the deep end on everybody over politics. Which is wild. Which is, yeah, very wild. Cause because they're they shouldn't. Always preaching, like, yeah. um, you know, get out there and be yourself and, and mm-hmm. stand behind your views. Yeah, like, what wildflower are you? But if your views are not their views. Yeah. Like, they, I know. I mean, I heard a woman from the university locally. I was in her house, and she was like, these people, we need to put them all on buses and drive them over a cliff. Wow. And I could tell she meant it. I'm like, this is a this is an educator. She's a professor at the university. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ooh, man. Just like when you go to a hairdresser. If you go to a hairdresser and you walk in and they look jacked up, <laughs> turn around and walk back out. Because their own aesthetic is going to come out in their work. Mm-hmm. And the same that. applies to preachers, yeah, to professors, to anybody. Their yeah. views, their viewpoints, and who they are and their aesthetic is going to come out in their work. That's how mm-hmm. it works in general. Most people are, they're searching, you know, they're all, we're all in identity crisis. I yeah, know people because we have, have to get to our identity through Christ. For, yeah, for 70 years <laughs> and they still don't really know who they are. Yeah. You know, and, and then um, the excitement of getting a taste of who you are. And then you just want to tell I was telling Max today, we were talking about, about a book he's reading. And one thing I've learned in in spirituality and in business is God gives you certain things that he's put you into that's for you. Roles or attributes or what? Um, learning experiences, roles, mm-hmm. attributes, giftings, callings. Mm-hmm. Did we just read this in scripture? I don't know. Didn't we just read something where you're like, what is, yeah, yeah, we did. I'm going to find it. But what happens is we, we want so badly to have community and identify through something that we try and bring people along. Mm-hmm. So he's reading this book and I was like, and he, he, you know, when he started his first business, he kept bringing people in, like, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. And I said, Max, I learned this the hard way, that if they had that calling on their life, they'd be, they'd doing, be it. doing it. Yeah. And by you inviting them along, it's slowing you down on what God's, like, yeah. if God didn't tell you to bring them in, don't bring them in. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're hearing from him on this. Yeah. You know, if God gave you this book to read, he might know that most of the people in your little community of friends are not going to take the time to read that book, but he can get that information to them through you. How often do you, this is so common that like God quickens your spirit to something. Mm -hmm. And the first thing you want to do is share it and get other people on board. 
and people a lot of times if it's a word specifically for you and your character and in building character i think people do it for two reasons one is they're excited about it and like yes let's do this the other is they're pretty sure and they're looking for confirmation yeah but i i always want people to do well and if something really hits with me and i'm like wow this is like this is the greatest thing since since sliced bread yeah sliced bread or or even the the invention of bottled water visual voicemail everybody's yeah visual voicemail <laughs> dude, is amazing dude visual voicemail whoever <clears throat> invented that needs a nobel prize i actually get upset when it doesn't allow me to read yeah it. transcription unavailable what mm-hmm. um but when i get something that that really slaps for me and i'm like wow i want to tell everybody you yeah know, when god gives me a word i want everybody to have that word mm-hmm and then I would find myself in situations where people would interpret it wrong mm-hmm. or they would discard it completely. And then you get discouraged. Or it was just flat out over their head. Yeah. You know, and, and he's like, you know what? I'm trying to get this to you so I can get it through you. Yeah. Because once your personality develops this skill or this this attribute, yeah. you're going to get it to those people in love and then they'll get it in the right time. Sometimes people don't need to hear it from me, you. They need to see it through you. Yeah. They need to see you walk it out rather Some, than you tell them about it. Sometimes rather than trying to hold hands and run through the finish line together, you need to break that finish line. And when when they see you do that, that's going to give them affirmation that that's something that, that, something that can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, or it might give them a hunger and a drive to want to get to those places. Did you find it? I don't know. <clears throat> we were we got in a d- deep discussion about this though. It was the Second Corinthians five, where you're like, "So what is that scripture saying?" And I and I was like, uh, "God knows what I'm going to do before I do it." Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, but I like can't seem to. We're all over the place <laughs> when when we're like, especially when we're fasting. So. Like, there's like a lot of scriptures bouncing around my head because I, like today I was I was in Job I was in, I think Corinthians and I was in Jude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Did you have your quote? I do. Does it go along this with goes, anything? It goes totally along with all of this. Which is hilarious. Okay. I don't know what the quote is, and you wouldn't tell me ahead of time. Does Heidi know what it is? Fun, kinda. So he only read it like once though on the way here. Listen okay. to this, right? Okay. So as a man, you know, we just talked on a podcast, I don't know, a couple months ago about how most men at some point um in the day or the week will reference the Roman Empire or think yeah. about it, right? Mm-hmm. I would say a close second to that mm-hmm. or maybe even above that is Bruce Lee. Really? Oh yeah, men. I need think the men listening to weigh Lee. in. Hey, if you're a man and you're weighing in, or a wife of a man that has any kind of fun about them, <laughs> ask Is it, them. Let me ask you this real quick, and then I'll let you finish. I don't mean to Kanye, your mm-hmm. Taylor, but um, do you think about Bruce Lee and Fight Club equally the same amount? Not a, not no. even close. No? I mean, I'm not a guy. Bruce but... Lee was all about. Um, oh, like you're talking about peace. him as the person. Yeah, in Fight Club. I thought you were talking about like Bruce Lee movies. 
like he, even in his movies, he was always about protecting, keeping the peace. Fight Club was about um, coming to secret. grips with your inner. First of all, we're not supposed to be talking about it. Coming to grips. <laughs> yep. First rule, only rule. You know. I, but, I feel like like Fight Club was very just like angry fighting. Yeah, it was like coming to grips with with overcoming your inner demons but like through bias. Bruce Lee was almost like that example that you talked about with Andrew where you know the power that you have. Oh, he you, had meekness. And you know how mm. to release it and when to release it okay. and you're very precise in your movements and have you and it's seen a all Bruce got Lee to movie? do with discipline. Well, like parts of it. I've never like watched I've never sat down with little popcorn. There's several. I know, but like I've watched like parts of Joe's them. Had They're funny exploded. too. Like well, he's, it, he was cuz he, he was can't comedic. it doesn't match the is that a Bruce Lee one where his Joe, mouth are you thinking of Jackie Chan? Thing. No, that's like every. Well, I old... love Jackie Chan actually. No. Like, love him. Bruce Lee was that hilarious. Was, that was a really funny joke. Bruce on my Lee part. was the first one in the middle of a movie <laughs> yeah. to be fighting and pull out his. When he was about to get in trouble, he pulled out his chopstick, his chopsticks. nunchucks, and used them as chopsticks so he didn't get in trouble. They're like, are those a weapon? And he's like, no. He so he was eating. eating with his nunchucks. Yeah, that's hilarious. He was he was funny. He was a very and he was a family oriented man. Is he dead? He is dead. May he rest in peace. Actually, yeah. there's a curse on his family. I would love to like minister. How the do gospel you know that? Because there's documentaries on it, and he talked about it often. How old was how he? How there was a dragon chasing his family, so he died. Um, I think somebody put a live round in a movie prop and he shot to death. His son, when Brandon Lee, happen? the same thing when he was making the movie The Crow. When did he dro- and it's die? And everybody in his family. And where remember. exactly was Alec Baldwin when all that happened? Oh, no. Whoa. You went there. Whoa. <laughs> uh, is it, it's not too soon. It's been a year. Yeah. If right? someone knocks at your door, make sure Carlos is eating a sandwich. <laughs> Uh. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna freak out. They're gonna like walk up and see the the Google light flashing at them. Party time. literally. Anyway, sorry. Go so, on. No. So this was a Bruce Lee quote. So he was a philosopher, man. He was always yeah. like deep. Um, uh, so, he was only thirty three. Yeah. Everybody, there's a curse of premature death on their family, and they knew it. You could Google. Curse of premature death on the, the Lee family, and it'll bring it up. Thirty-two. He was thirty-two. Because he talked the about fact that you a go demon the Lee family, dragon. like there aren't a billion of them, literally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my best friend is, through, is yeah. a Lee. Like one of my best friends growing up was yeah. a Lee. Um. Okay. So this quote like hit me today. Mm-hmm. Don't speak negatively about yourself, even as a joke. Your body doesn't know the difference. Words are energy, and they cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. Change the way you speak about yourself, and you can change your life. Bruce Lee. Interesting. Power, life, and death are in the tongue. Mm-hmm. I know. Dad's been preaching hard on that mm-hmm. every last, since the beginning of the year. Every major religion in the world has some form of that absolutely in their text you know even non-religious people right now i literally got in the advertising email from ulta and it says this is the subject line christina help us manifest joy in Mm. 2024 Mm. that's a marketing email from ulta the beauty store yeah manifesting is where people 
through whatever their own energy it's, or it's something. It's a new age. It's theft new age of biblical principles, and they believe that because they've they've subscribed to the to the truth that what you say matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they see results in their life, mm-hmm. but they give zero credit to God, right, for the good things. It's a new age version. They've actually taken it's a counterfeit. They've taken the laws of attraction that God wrote into mm-hmm. mankind through the Holy Spirit, yeah. and they've hijacked a counterfeit of it mm-hmm. to to be able to have things. Like that's why the Scripture says, "Don't lay up earthly treasures that are eaten by rust and moth." Because you speak the, into things, you will get it. You sow and you will reap. Yeah. I know business owners, very wealthy ones, that pour into ministries, and they don't even go to church. Yeah. And I see it all the time. What's interesting to me is when we look at, you know, how we, you know, there's always an element of truth in a joke, you know? Yeah, I was just thinking about jokes, because I feel like we all make self-deprecating jokes all the time. We yeah. we had a, a, you know, a family member that used to always... Every time we would get together, we'd eat, and she would always like make jokes about being a heavy set girl has to eat, and and it was it was always uncomfortable because she was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me though because I was like, you're you're not the heaviest person in the room. Yeah, like why are you making that? Honestly, people should be so much more aware of that. Don't make self deprecating comments and like negative comments about yourself if you're not the fattest person in the room that's wild <laughs> well it's it's anything you know like you know like, you only <clears throat> have that perspective though if you've been the fattest person in the room yeah what what breaks my heart is when you have any kind of like self-condemnation because paul said there is now therefore no condemnation mm-hmm. you, you know? know what's also interesting about this is i was um text venting to heidi briefly today and I've been going through, like, just feeling crappy. And I said to her, this has to be the devil because I don't, I've I've never felt this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about my house because we're going to be having some people over that have never been here. And I've never felt bad about my house. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, yeah and you've had, like, neurosurgeons over. Literally. <laughs> and I don't care. I had them over to, like, our crappy apartment on Thomas Drive, too, but... Like, I've never thought twice about having whomever wants to come to my house, they can come here. And for some reason, it's just been, like, nonstop, like, your house sucks. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to think it's clean enough, cute enough. Um, your furniture sucks. It's, like, nonstop. The enemy does not want that connection made. I know. I yeah. We just said that. And I was, like, I'm just, like dealing with this crap i've had it happen in business where man i'll be like ready to kick this customer to the curb after a quote and i'm just like but all of a sudden something in me is like just do the job Mm -hmm. and then i do it and it turns out to be a really good relationship that's prosperous yeah and all of a sudden i look back and i'm like wow the enemy tried to use my flesh against me because it was the only thing in me that would listen to him is my mm-hmm. flesh. Heidi, you've struggled with negative self-talk. Oh, all the time. Well, even during fasting. I just talked about that last week, how for some reason when I go fasting, I get immediately attacked with like self-hatred. Yeah. All the time. 
It's a big thing with me. It's it's, it's a big it's thing a generational women. thing, like a bloodline thing with you guys too. Oh yeah, for sure. Because your mm-hmm. your grandfather was super critical. And do you want to know what's interesting? Yeah, is like negativity has like been a struggle there in the generational line, which is interesting because I generally am like a smiley, bubbly person that hasn't affected me that bad, but it affects me worst when I'm fasting. Mm. So it's as if when I take away things and I'm drawing nearer to the Lord, it's like that just gets amped up like, okay, like I'm going to like it's like you're exposing a root. Yeah. Right. Take an axe to it. Seriously. So um, one thing, too. Take the book of Acts to it. Is. Pray in the spirit. Joe was never physically violent with me, Mm -hmm. but verbally. Yeah. Like insane. Mm -hmm. And that. You can imagine how much I talk and then add insult and. Vitriol. Yeah. It's just not. But that's actually a part where the Lord had to restore with me. So part of my restoration process was every single moment, basically, of every single day when Joe was an alcoholic, he was constantly calling me like a piece of trash Mm -hmm. and like just cuss words and like it was just a constant stream of it. Yeah. And it affected my self-esteem like so negatively that like I can I can see words start to give you physical ailments Mm -hmm. because even people that have like a constant negative flow going toward them, you can actually see that their heads are down and their backs get hunched. Yeah. Like an actual physical thing is happening to them when negative words are just being constantly thrown at them 24 seven. And then it's very interesting because the way that I (laughs) was able to start to combat that with him is I actually started to do the opposite and only spoke life on him. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know like half of the scriptures yeah. that actually talk about life and death and, you know, power of the tongue and all these things. So it was like it's in James, by the way, your spirit was just like automatically doing this of like, yeah. speak life, speak life, speak life, speak life, because it got to a point where like the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie. <laughs> it's written by a gaslighter. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Like biggest. It's very interesting <laughs> that these like childhood things that you hear. Yeah. You like glom onto. Rubber and what is it? I'm rubber and you're glue. Yeah. Like, no. But it's like crazy. Here's the, here's the thing though about negative words. Yeah. If you, you could, they're so powerful that you could have positive words affirmation experiences all this stuff from Mm -hmm. a person okay and if you have a moment where they for some reason go off the deep end and just slew out that's all you'll remember all of these things that are negative and hurtful Mm -hmm. it's that can wipe out years of the positive in a moment with all the negative you want to hear something crazy i was just gonna say too like even gossip mm-hmm. you can a person can have a perfect track record with you and somebody can come along and say hey do you know what so-and-so did and your flesh immediately will want to entertain that and believe yeah. it it's gross yeah go ahead if you if you go into first corinthians 7 um when it comes to even your situation 
where you had an unbelieving husband and yet you were still a believer, when you enter into a spiritual warfare, now you're in your mind you're 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 begging God, asking God for things, for something to change. In the meantime, there's a host of angels around you that are enacting in warfare with mm-hmm. the demonic spirits that are around the other person. So all around you, there's actually warring going on, mm-hmm. and it's violent, mm-hmm. right? So while that's going on, we're like, oh, man, this can't get any worse, right? This is what 1 Corinthians seven twelve says. To the rest, I say, I not, I, not the Lord, that if... Any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But if unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Only let each person lead life that lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. We, we think we're, we're up against a human being, but there's, there's literally so much there. Like, how do you unpack all that? And then you, you, you look at what, what did, what did the enemy do? He tried to, he tried to do the same thing that, that separated Joshua and Caleb out from the other Israelites. Mm -hmm. They said, we're as, as grasshoppers in our own sight. Surely we must be in the sight of the, the Nephilim or the giants that were Mm -hmm. in the promised land. The enemy attacks your character through that person or through your own thoughts Mm -hmm. and perceptions. And he attacks your own physical features, like gets you in hatred and enmity with yourself. Right. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yep. Do you know that once I was listening in um, to someone talking about like, in like as women we have to be particularly careful because like you people talk so bad about themselves when their weight fluctuates at all. Mm-hmm. But like, I always have to get up in front um, to help lead worship, mm-hmm. right? And like, it's never like the thought never crossed my mind that I shouldn't do that or that that isn't the right thing to do or I don't look right doing it. But I've heard people like talk about themselves like I can't get up in front of people. I look so disgusting Mm. and I outweigh them by like a hundred pounds. Yeah. And then that thought creeps into my brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's seed. Yeah. Like, well, what do people think about me? Yeah. Are people thinking that same thing if I'm up there? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that happens in worship where people come in and they start to feel the presence of God and they're like, I feel like raising my hands, but I can't. Like people look at me. Nobody's looking at you. No, you're looking and, at me. And you. in fact, like the confidence that comes out of you when you are obedient, everybody longs to have that. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll, 
when when you guys were in that restaurant, right? One thing that's been a common thread in my life is people that are in identity crisis, whether it be in their um, morality or physical sense, you know, a lot of transgender situations always attracted to Pastor Lynette. Always. And she would always give them time, but she would always tell them the truth. Yeah. And she would be so blunt, like God created you to be such a beautiful like person. Uncomfortably Why blunt. are you trying to undo that? Yeah. You do not look like a woman. And this guy would come like twice a week mm -hmm. and just sit with her. because He's a he church felt, organist. Yes, and he felt peace yeah. with her, mm -hmm. right? So there, there's this this attraction between uh, confidence and authority in Christ Jesus and his blood covering for people that are in identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And we somehow think we have to cater to the lie they're living to not spook them or run them off when they come in. And that's not the truth. Like there's not a teacher I ever had through all my years of schooling that, that ever left me act like a brat that I remember really. Mm-hmm. The ones that took me out in the hall and said, you're better than this. Like, I'm not going to stand for this because this is a facade. Go to the principal. I remember those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ones that kind of hurt your feelings at first. They were right. The yeah. They were right. It was a front and a facade. And I was not really that person. I was acting out because mm -hmm. I was in crisis with my identity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was reading a study, though, and it was saying that it's more than just negative words though it can be negative words whether spoken or heard or thoughts Literally, yeah. so negative thoughts are just as harmful as negative yeah. words but it said that it causes situation situational stress which contributes to long-term anxiety mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. mental health is insane right now yeah well and here's the thing and dad's always said this like the first place that Jesus that sh he shed blood was when they put the crown of thorns on his head. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a coincidence because he knew that this time would come mm -hmm. where people are a little nuts. Yeah. They need to be healed. Yeah. We need to be healed. Yeah. We have things uh, screw loose here and there. People need healing. They're yeah. coming out of a place of hurt mm -hmm. and trauma and they need healing. Yeah. One and of the God is like a, a the balm of Gilead, you know, he can heal any wound or hurt, no matter how deep. But I think we're keeping people at arm's length sometimes. One of the greatest things that happened to me when mm -hmm. I got delivered and set free was when we were in that last hospital situation where that doctor came in and oh, yeah. she was going to release me. She said, I'm, I'm, I have your discharge papers coming. Mm -hmm. You've done this to yourself. You wanted to kill yourself and you did. And she said, the problem is I have a waiting room full of people that need help mm -hmm. and your problems are self-induced. Do you know somebody else that we know of that was dealing with substance stuff? Um, he was taking like ridiculous amounts of, uh, Ativan and Xanax hmm. and to the point where he was like having seizures and he had to go to court and he had a seizure in the courtroom. He had to go to the hospital and there was a neurologist who's still there and 
he walked into the exam room, like threw the folder down, plopped down in the chair, sat back with his hands folded behind his head and goes, so how much drugs are you taking? And he was like, none. (laughs) And he had like his teeth knocked out of his face. Jeez. Like his, like he Mm -hmm. was in a bad place. And the doctor goes, okay. Yeah. I mean, we can do it that way. Mm -hmm. Sure. You can go ahead and lie to me. I'm not going to be the one to die. I'm not the one having seizures. Right. And was that frank with him? Yeah. And he's like, I can help you. But if we're going to continue to do this. Yeah, I can't. So that's fine. It's your choice. But I know you're on drugs. You know, you're on drugs. So when you can be honest with me. Yeah. And that person also, it was like a light bulb came on, Mm -hmm. you know, at least a glimmer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then God had to swoop in after that. Yeah. When it comes to identity crisis, especially within the church, mm-hmm. God is never going to coddle us in that spot. Like most people, they only get the coddling from other Christians. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they're sick of it, then they think the, the church and God turn their back on them. And God's like, I was I was giving you grace. I was never trying to pull you out of that place because you needed to seek me first. Mm-hmm. And you were seeking attention. You were seeking comfort. Yeah. And I can't give you those things until you meet me because you'll abuse them in the state you're in. Mm-hmm. So when we prematurely try to give grace where God's withdrawn it, or we prematurely try to give mercy where mm-hmm. God's withdrawn it because he's he's clearly made a path straight he'll make the crooked path straight and he's made a path straight to him yeah but he can't like so he can't cuddle like he can't cuddle us in those things because in second corinthian really add <laughs> you need to get a better bible app. in second corinthians 10 5 it says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of god mm-hmm. bringing it into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ so if he coddled us in those moments that scripture would no longer be relevant because and either it's way our job that we have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ either way whether it be the knowledge of god being that he's all-knowing and he knows where you're at right now, and he's already put together a plan to help you get out of it, mm-hmm. or your knowledge of who God is, deliverer, prince of peace, mighty counselor. Yeah. Either way, we have to we have to kind of get in a position where we have we still want relationship and trusted people around us, but that means sometimes we gotta submit to some ministry somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. not just gonna be the 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 women's coffee group or the men's uh, Bible study at the local car lot or whatever mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. It's going to be where where we're in submission to people saying, I trust that what I've been doing isn't working and, and the anointing that God's put on you that you're still in this position, you don't want to see anything bad happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll come in under that. Allow them to speak into the situation and allow them to point you in directions that lead you closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Because inevitably, the place we want to get is to be able to come freely before the throne of God. Yeah. You know, not not in a place where we don't feel worthy of getting there. Mm-hmm. You looked like you had something, Heidi. 
It's just so good. Yeah. Can I read it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's Second Corinthians still. Read like, away. So it it because there's a lot before it. So it says, "Now I, Paul, myself." And pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold that with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is filled." Like, it's not a coincidence that it's talking about weapons of our warfare and pulling down strongholds. And then in the very next verse, it talks about your mind. Yeah. Like, that is like a huge area that's going to be a stronghold. The arguments, too, man. Like, what's your first argument? I can't. I don't yeah. have time. It's too big. Yeah. I don't have money. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have the, I don't know what you know. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the wisdom. I've never done that before. You First know, of all, nobody knows. Right. Nobody has any money. <laughs> Nobody's sure. Yeah. Some people have money. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what they're doing. Let me so let me so it says, Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? Like hello. At the beginning of that too, by the way, it's from Paul. It's a letter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, <clears throat> FYI. Mm-hmm. When you see me, don't be like weirded out that yeah. I'm not like in people's face. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not wrestling against their face. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. wrestling against. Yeah. And it, it talks about this. So, yeah. it's, so he goes on to say, do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ's, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. For even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us for edification mm-hmm. and not for your destruction... Okay, mm-hmm. can we tap on to the bold Christians there? Mm-hmm. It's for your edification yeah. Yeah. and not for your destruction. I shall not be ashamed lest I seem to terrify you by letters. It's like it's like you're just <laughs> That's so you're funny. watching That's you're so you're funny. watching like a like hold an on, old Looney hold on, Tunes. Hold on. For his letters they say are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. <laughs> Paul was the original catfish. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, listen, I talk a big game and I mean it, but also it's not physical, it's spiritual. So when you see me and I'm shorter than I sound in this letter. <laughs> I, I totally could picture like an old cartoon where they'd, they'd go and they'd put the explosives and then they'd roll the wire back and then they'd get the plunger and push it down and he'd watch it explode. Yeah. And I watched him just explode the doctrine of you do you. Mm. Yeah. Well, yes. If you're Christ's, you're owned by Christ. You are in him. Mm-hmm. You belong to him. Yes. He paid a price for you. You are no longer your own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You do you. You do is you, boo. trash. Yeah. It's 100%. Yeah. It is trash because you're always going to have that internal dialogue going about what you can't do and how you're not good enough. Yeah. 
But if if you have the Holy Spirit talking inside of you and in your spirit, man, it's always going to be teaching and empowering. Yeah. It's always going to, he comes in power. You're going to be endued with power from on high. Mm-hmm. Right? Go ahead. I know you want to read the rest of it. Um, no, you reminded me of my favorite song and I was trying to find the lyrics of it. I think it is so funny that he's like, <laughs> I get that this was a little heavy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hear you. Um, <laughs> but, but I promise I won't be that intense when we see each other. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yes. Um, another study is positive words build resilience. Yeah. And calm the body. Mm-hmm. And negative words generate fear. Yeah. Can Here's the thing. I don't know if I'm alone on this. But, like, if you just tell me, like, get up in the morning and, like, say... I am this. I am that. I feel so dumb. Yeah. You have, to, you have so to overcome the flesh to do that. Yeah. But I feel less dumb when I put in Jesus name at the end. There you go. Because <laughs> you turned it into a prayer. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because yeah. it's not going to be by my might or power. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody thinks of intercession as this like act of where you stand in the gap for somebody else, which is you do. But you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Yeah. So you need to spend some time interceding for yourself at some point. Yeah. You need to take some time. And I'm not talking like on a uh, like a self-help new, you know, new me type of thing. New year, new me. Nope. I'm talking in the sense of, of <laughs> building, <lips> sorry, <laughs> building your spiritual man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes right back to where I was in and Jude today, praying yourself up every day in your most holy faith. And, and you're going to want to, especially if you're young in the Lord, you're going to want to build yourself up according to what you're seeing in like church leadership yeah. or mentors or people that you look up to, which is you can look up to people and that's fine. But and get to know your community and your church. But when you're talking about building yourself up, you, you get in the word. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you need to be following Christ's example and what and his his personality and who he is mixed with yours is the perfect version of you. Yeah. Which so isn't the same as like the perfect version of me is almost polar opposite of perfect perfect version of Heidi mm-hmm. because you know what happens in flesh I'm a loud mouth and she's meek or like mild or like what not meek because that's like a positive spin on it you're like a back offer oh yeah a runner hmm. we got a runner <laughs> like so our flesh our flesh yes when we're operating in the spirit we are the opposite hmm. Heidi becomes bold and like in your face, stomp your foot, point your finger. Correct. <laughs> Literally. Correct. And it's so good. I shut my mouth. If you if you focus mostly mm-hmm. on church culture to get your gains, yeah. The problem with that is is you'll always hold yourself to a standard of somebody else's gift. Yeah. And you can't do that because like you said, God's spirit mixed with, with your personality and his word in there yes. is very authentic and is very personal to you. So when you... That's what you're called to be. Right. When you take yeah. your, that time to invest in that, 
what you get of a harvest of that will actually fill all the holes in the Christ culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we need to we need to focus on that too. And and even as married couples, they tend to think they're going to do it separately, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not to become one. Yeah. yeah. To become one, you're no longer yourself in the eyes of the Lord. I'm I'm very interested to see in eternity how that's going to pan out because the bible says that like we won't have have relational i swear (laughs) no we no it you don't stand before the bema together it was a joke joe but what i'm saying is imagine this what if to become one and and then you're you're judged as one spirit right okay were they we not just talking about right but i'm not talking in a sense of you and i being judged according to my sins or vice versa I'm talking just getting the idea that what if that was a possibility where imagine where God, that was all him. (laughs) That was, I had nothing to do with that. I just instantly had like the, 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 the thought in my brain of Jesus going, shh. He's just like, he's, he's like, imagine he, he would be like, you guys had so many opportunities to pray together. You had so many opportunities to 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 give together. You had so many opportunities, you know, because two become one, you know. So as a married couple, when you start to dig in on on you know building yourself up in your holy faith and and getting into the word, like don't exclude or or get competitive with your spouse because that happens a lot. And if you're not married, honestly, it's easier. It. I, I have a tendency. Um, I mean, I'm just being honest because there's a lot of people that listen that aren't married. And yeah, and you, it, it's harder in a lot of respects, but there's nobody in the way between you and God. Well, and maybe um, this could be some sort of catalyst where God's calling you to work on some things and get close to him because maybe he's got somebody mm-hmm. that's been praying for you. Yeah. Like, Lord, bring them into my life. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You might have already turned the page on that one, and you're like, I'm not doing that again. And God's like, but I called you to. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can't we can't allow ourselves to be ruled by our emotions and our experience because yeah. he's neither. Like, he, he is the God of all creation. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He's the only thing eternal. Yeah. I just had an image. Do you know how they have those memes where it's like the so-and-so starter kit? Like if you want the Christian starter kit, it's a beanie, a flannel, tight jeans, Chelsea boots, or like docks or Converse, a coffee, a hot coffee in your hand. <laughs> if Maybe you, a dangly earring now. Yeah. Um, a graphic tee. That says like prayed up, you know. <laughs> um, but if you want like the like I want to be like Jesus starter kit, it's literally just the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the only thing that won't pass away. Yeah. All of heaven, all of earth, but His word will not pass away. Yeah. When you said discernment, it so um, I've been I was in another study. was so many, but it says intuition and discernment often work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I 
like I initially thought my intuition was my discernment because I would always go off of the gut because it yeah. talks about the bowels and okay so it says intuition and discernment often work hand in hand but they are not the same discernment is discerning of spirits while intuition refers to a gut feeling discernment helps you wisely recognize and use that intuition when you need it mm -hmm. when looked at this way we see that intuition isn't just a reliance on flighty emotions but is grounded in intelligence intuition can cause unnecessary fear or worry and discernment can help you reel in those emotions and not let them incapac inca incapacitate yeah. you so if, good. if you're in a godly sense with that, um, it would come back to like Jesus talking about the parable where where you're invited to the wedding. You know, use your intuition. Don't don't go take the highest seat and and expect the honors of that. He I feel said, like that's just like basic self awareness. Go sometimes. and and mm -hmm. like intuition can be can be tricky mm -hmm. because we'll always go off of our experience. Like mm -hmm. oh. That person's got a similar personality to Jim Bob over there, and you remember what he did. So now Shout all of a Jim sudden Bob. you're you're <laughs> now all of a sudden you're you're walking on eggshells, or you're you're bringing kind of a brash uh, personality because you're not going to let yourself get hurt again. You know, so you mm -hmm. have to like understand that you're a spiritual being in a carnal world. And you can't react. You, we're not. We're not allowed anymore. Like we've 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 surrendered. Like and trust me, I'm preaching the choir right here because you get me in traffic or or you got a few flare when I'm hangry. Have you ever thought? I I, I kind of want to try. Like I kind of want to do like a study mm -hmm. amongst ourselves. Okay. And like maybe come back next week. I feel like we need a bigger sample, but go on. And see the results. Like I kind of like for real want to do this. It just what, hit me. Give me the premise. Like not reacting in the flesh. Where every single time you go to say something negative, like you actually physically stop yourself and say the exact opposite thing. I can't do it. Try I'm it. I'm kidding. Like I'm kidding. I like I kind of want to do it. She just with I get it. I kind of want to do it with the three of us. For like four of one us. week, four of us, six you of took us. me right to African Egypt right there. Seven for, of us. We'll get Carol on board to <laughs> the neighbor. For like one week and see the results that come. So when I when I say that, I mean like, for example, when you're in traffic and you're like, you moron. And like instead of like saying you moron, like the Holy Spirit is now going to be like consciously bugging you at that moment when you're about to say it. And you would just say like. Man of God. There you go. It would be amazing, though, if for one week we could actually start to train. It's got it. So I'm you know back what's on. funny is. Hold on. I'm back on this. So Caroline Leaf has train your brain stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's constantly talking about rotten trees and good green trees. Yeah, you got to reroute your neural pathways. Because you and Chris Vallotton has the same thing. Like you actually make highways in your brain to go down either a positive or a negative thought process. Yep. Which doesn't eliminate the side streets, which are probably right. your <laughs> your positive thoughts. Yeah. But your highways become highways because they're the most traveled. Right. Being that Yeah. Being that I'm uh, a green company, 
Use dare quotes for those who can't see him. I work for a lot of people that are into like holistic healing yes. and stuff like that. And when I go into like a, a patchouli smelling, roots hanging off the basket in the corner of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, There's fresh ginger. Yeah. yeah. When I go into a house where somebody's very holistic, but on the new age spectrum. Mm-hmm. Crystals. It's very interesting because they have post-its all around the houses mm. that are constantly affirming positive behavior. Christians don't do that. Okay. We have a book that we're supposed to be in constantly mm-hmm. that does that, and yeah. we don't pick that up. I yeah. mean, look at just us and fasting and how annoying I get where I'm like, what'd you read during dinner? Well, even on meetings, like there have been times where Christina was like, go to the superwoman pose in the mirror. And have I done oh, it? Yes, I have. It yes, literally I have. works. Because I literally like put my hand on my hip and I'm like, you are going to crush this. You are amazing. You like self prep. Literally, it's so weird. It actually works. It does work. And there's a TED talk on it. And guys will often do the CEO pose, which is you lean back, you braid your fingers behind your head and you cross your legs. That like allows them to assert dominance. Mm. I would do. I would do the uh, McGregor boss walk. Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> Google it right now. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, McGregor. <laughs> Everybody with TikTok. Yeah, I don't have phase, TikTok. Seen a phase of that. I think we should do it though. I think it would be. But they even have a study with the whole rice thing. Have you heard of the rice thing? Where you put rice in two jars, and for I'm gonna probably do it now that we're doing this little yeah. experiment. You speak like positive words to the rice mm-hmm. in one jar and negative to the next. Yeah. And it says by the end of the week, the ones that you speak negatively to are gonna we'll be, be moldy. A like, well known Chinese scientist that did this. It's crazy. And like it's you can Google it and it comes right up. Yeah. Um, but he would he would take like a petri dish. And he would put um, a piece of tape with negative or positive sayings on it. Mm-hmm. And he'd fill them with water and he'd freeze them. And the the crystals and the, the ice would have like either really jagged, ugly form or they would be beautiful. Yeah. That's so weird. You know, people have done it with plants, too. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about the plants. You need to start... Sp- speaking and professing over yourself you know what do you want to see fulfilled if you don't know what god's called you to just start speaking that like god you've called me show me your way yeah you've called me to something show me your glory yeah you know and start speaking that if you don't know what you're called to start there and read his word Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.